natural either. But and yeah, what? I'm so natural. So this is take three. You are I'm way so too natural, natural, I think. So um, I think we're gonna start over. Um, so yeah, we have two guests on mm-hmm. our show today. Um, unfortunately, they were talking about some interesting things earlier, but that we, we were we weren't able to put on record. But anyway, so a couple weeks ago, we talked about George Floyd and the civil rights movement happening in America. And it's on full steam right now. The momentum is very, very strong. And Michael and I always made it very clear that we don't want to speak on anything if we're not qualified to talk about it. Mm-hmm. So last time we talked about it, it was mainly just about like how Asian Americans can show solidarity for the movement and like what's wrong with um, this model minority myth and why there's a lot of Asians who are not speaking up. But we can't speak for a black experience and because we're not black and we're not in America. Neither of us are American. So we actually got some guests on here. Thank you, Abdul and James, for making time. And also just letting everyone know that they don't speak for everybody. There's personal experiences, but they're much more qualified to speak on this than we are. So So yeah, let's get started. Um, can you guys just do a brief intro of yourselves? Yeah. 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 So my name is James and I'm from New Mexico. Uh came out to Korea to teach English and meet some cool people and do stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, my name is Abdul uh, Mika. I'm from Boston by way of New York and African parents. I'm here in Korea uh, for boats and hoes. That's it. <laughs> boats and hoes. Yeah, okay. So before we move on, Jane, are you barefoot right now? <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> this is my house. Uh, I don't, we're at WeWork, by the way. We, we are work some. It's my hood. We are not at her house. But, um, yeah, we're so... A, we're in an oven. Yeah, oh, yeah, we, we are in an oven. oven. Hot um, it, yeah, it's going to get really, really humid and hot very quickly. But, so, we're <laughs> going <stinky>. to... <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we have... We're obviously... We're rated 19 anyways. It doesn't matter. I know we're rated 19, but we also have no script. So let's just move straight into the topic at hand. So um, yeah, uh, you guys have been in Korea through this crisis, obviously. And you guys haven't been back in the States since. So just like watching from abroad, like how does it feel? So before like um, we we get into that, I feel like it's important to, to talk about like the word black, mm-hmm. you know, um... For me, when I when I hear the word black, I just hear like a divisive divide, you know, something used to divide people, mm-hmm. you know, and in terms of like when you think about it and let's say you're from like a, a Hispanic or a background, you know, you think to yourself, I'm not black, you know, mm-hmm. I'm this. So you think I'm not black. I'm not a part of this, you know, so I prefer to use the word brown okay? because, you know, um, basically all of us are some shade of brown no mm-hmm. one's actually black mm-hmm. you know and then the negative connotations around black but so when we begin um let me go back to your your question for me it was frustrating it was very frustrating because you know i'm seeing friends back home that are like you know in the streets that are protesting that are have on megaphones you know and doing things and mm-hmm. i'm just like i feel as if i can't do anything mm-hmm. you know i want to be there right that's, that's how i felt initially mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, I feel the same way. I felt like I would have been there if I was back home for sure. Mm-hmm. Just seeing everyone organize and, you know, speak their mind about it publicly. And I would have been there for sure. Mm-hmm. So, like, 
Jane actually brings this up quite often. She said when when this first happened and when she heard the audio clip of George Floyd going, I can't breathe, um, she it reminded her of who who was Eric Garner. Yeah, Eric Garner, that's right. And obviously this has happened back in the past. I remember Trayvon Martin yeah. happening. I remember a bunch of other shootings and actually another shooting just happened against In a hanging. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In a a hanging. hanging. A hanging. Okay. In this LA. Wait, wait, can you yeah. inform In us? LA. So I don't know all the details. Like I can't remember everything. You know, I'm at a point where it's like, it's just there's even more. There's shootings more than the one that you're talking about. Right. But um, I guess someone was hung in L.A. Uh, in fact, in fact, was it in front of a like a government building or something like that? I don't know where. Around yeah, there. Yeah, but anyways, someone was hung in L.A. Uh, so yeah. hung. What, what the fuck? In LA. In LA. Um, in LA? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's, a, hey, that's a lynching. That is a lynching. That's a straight up lynching. Yeah. yeah. Oh my lord. I can't. But that's where, and you know, like the, the, the crazy thing, it's not crazy, but it makes you think about like uh, this whole thing, these protests in a like kind of pessimistic way because you're like, these protests are going on. Right. Everybody's like these companies are making these um, statements statements and all this, these money, the government's like, but it's like, then you realize it doesn't matter what they do. Right. Because if a whole people don't agree with it, you can't force them, you know, not to be to be um, not to be racist. You know, like you can't change people's (laughs) minds. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's even though it's going on at this time, like mm-hmm. these things are happening and you're out here lynching people mm-hmm. and shooting more people. And it's another cop too, the the recent killing. So it's like, <laughs> right? <laughs> what's going on? It's just arbitrary. I remember when I was like a kid mm-hmm. learning how to drive, when I was younger learning how to drive, my, one of my friends was like, those lines on the road are just arbitrary lines. Like mm-hmm. you can cross them. Someone can run into you. Like, you know, you can get in an accident. Mm-hmm. I think like, all of this stuff that's happening now on like social media and like protests and statements that are being made like it's good intention and it's good will but it's really just arbitrary like mm-hmm. something bad can still happen to you absolutely you know absolutely yeah. i mean it's not going to change the man's life who got lynched right yeah. he, it's yeah. not going to bring him back that's really that's i mean shooting any form of like death obviously yeah. is terrible but lynching <laughs> has a whole other connotation to it that's just very that's very i don't know yeah i was gonna say the crazy thing is like we didn't actually know about this oh we did i didn't yeah i didn't know about like this is like real time information right now it's it's everyday things are being updated and Mm -hmm. you know i'm at a point where it's like you you like i guess you're desensitized you know Mm -hmm. because it's like every day something's happening Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I saw that video of George Floyd, mm-hmm. um, you know, basically being murdered, mm-hmm. right? No, he, me, he was murdered. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, they try to say whatever they said. Yeah, he was murdered. Mm-hmm. But for me, I'm like watching the video and I never cry. Like, I don't, I, I have not cried um, since the last time my mom gave me an ass whooping. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm sitting there. I'm just like, it was anger. It was pain. It was frustration. I was, I was, and not so much so at the police, like, um, I was kind of, I was really upset with the people recording it, mm-hmm. you know, in, in, in my deepest of, um, in my deepest heart, like, I felt as if, like, no, this has been going on too much, and it's the same narrative, someone's recording this, 
you know, you should have done something, mm-hmm. you know, regardless, like, of what the situation is, your intervention could have prevented him, you know, uh, from dying. Right. You know, worst case scenario, you would have went to jail for a week, right? You know, and I think it's indicative or, like, it speaks to, like, our times of what's going on right now that too many people are uh, complacent and docile and just watching by, you know, instead of doing something, instead of being proactive, mm-hmm. you know, um, so that, that angered me and the fact that this grown man is calling out for his mother, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, this is someone that probably has a child. He does. Know, like, yeah. So it's like, like I'm a, I have a, a child and my daughter calls out for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like 50, 45, and I'm calling out for my mom, and I have no control over this. Mm-hmm. You know, just like the Dave Chappelle thing, like he hit it. He mm-hmm. hit it in the net. It's like he knew he was dying. Yeah. You know, I like w- once upon a time, like um, I, I thought I could swim in the deep end, so I took a chance. I dived in, and I could not swim. So I was drowning, you know, and, and I'm just drowning and drowning. There's nothing I could do about that. You know, I'm just like, I see... I literally see, I'm not lying, I swear, I saw the light. I promise you, I saw the light, and there was a point where, like, I felt like I could breathe. But I knew I was going to die, and I couldn't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. And just like Dave Chappelle, you know, said, you know, that feeling he had for, like, the whole entire time. Mm-hmm. The whole, like, eight minutes he had. That's crazy, like, to be to feel like that for eight minutes. Mm-hmm. So, like, that that pained me. Everything. The, yeah. Yeah, I mean, same. It's 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 a very <clears throat> emotional experience to watch that, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, it was and, difficult. Yeah, and it's to say the least. What's what makes it more difficult is when you have a conversation with someone and they try to start justifying the actions behind it or something, you mm-hmm. know, like kind of avoiding what just happened. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you said like the word desensitized earlier. I think so many people are. So that's why it's almost mm-hmm. instinctive to just like think, well, what was he doing? Mm-hmm. You know, why did this? You know, what was this person? about or like what were they doing before this or why did they get themselves into that situation mm-hmm. and it's like yo like this dude just got murdered yeah you know like yeah. a slow painful death too like, mm-hmm. like that didn't have to happen yeah it's it's yeah it's just mm-hmm. the way they dragged his body like <laughs> i'm that's that's another it's thing dehumanizing I'm, to yeah. watch mm-hmm. that, right like when right. you watch that you just like that's not how you treat people exactly you know my mom so i i, ha- I talked a lot about this with my mom and um, my mom brought up a really good point that I've been repeating to people, but had that, so <clears throat> if someone had taken footage of a man kneeling on a dog's neck for eight minutes and choking it to death, people would be riding in the streets. No, 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 no. You know, as I told him this, I said, white people only care if it seems to be coming from like something that's a third world problem, a third world country, not or animals, or the environment. Mm-hmm. Like... That that's another thing that like frustrates me is like that's the only time they care. So mm-hmm. it kind of puts in into perspective like what the, how they feel about you or how they mm-hmm. see you. Absolutely. So my mom was like, it like what James just said. It's like it makes zero sense. There's no way to justify killing a man like that. Yeah. And then people are like, no, but wait, yeah. but but what about like? There's no what what is? I don't know what this what about culture is. First of all, but second of all, like seriously, if it was a dog. Or some sort of animal, like a horse or something. White people would be riding on the streets. And my, and my mom was the one to bring this up. And I was like, that's so fucking true. Yeah. And it's just, it's like, I don't even know how to describe. Yeah, because remember that that video footage? Yeah. Of the woman dragging the dog by the collar. 
Oh, and then like yell, yelling yeah. at a black man, like Frank I'm gonna call so oh, yeah. Immediate response to that, she got fired. And yet, this entire thing is happening. You're right, brand awareness is going up. Everyone's like, oh yeah, we stand in solidarity. But you're right, it's completely arbitrary. So um, my question, uh, because I am a business major and I, I do have a business that I'm helping run, um, what can businesses do like to be more proactive in this situation? Because mm-hmm. it feels like, I agree, it's completely arbitrary, it's completely passive, and I feel like there's a lot more that they can do from their end. Mm-hmm. See, that's the... Like uh, I come from like a real like a realist stance, and right. for me, I feel as if like um, there's not too much you can do because again, it is a mindset, right? I think there is something like you in terms of like there's not too much businesses can do mm-hmm. themselves because I feel like if that whoever is in charge or if the whole corporation you know if is ran by someone that is racist or has these sentiments is like you can't do nothing, but you know, we cannot shop there. You know, we cannot work there. We can choose to make our own business. Mm-hmm. And that's why, like, I know people say, like, it's a kind of fucked up thought to have. But I really believe that you can't change someone's mind. Like, you can't make everyone think this way. Of course not. Right? So now, like, since you can't change that, what can you change? What we can change is what we do. Like, we can change that. We can change who we buy from, right? We can change where we work, what schools we go to, mm-hmm. right? And that's what I feel as if like we have to do, not the businesses, because Starbucks issued a report yeah. for the two black men that were arrested and just look what just happened just recently. You know what I'm saying? And how long has the government the government um when when um integration right happened and they were like integrating the schools and that law was put put in place how long did it take for like boston massachusetts to like accept people you know like without you know stoning the buses you know how in boston is is boston mm-hmm. it took 10 years many years like the government had to like force federal action so that's why i'm saying like it's it's not like we should not worry about these businesses Right. In, 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 in the sense of like what they can do, we should worry about what we can do to these businesses. And that's the pocket hurt their pocket. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that's what I believe. Mm-hmm. I mean, numbers, numbers don't lie. So that makes a lot of sense. Then adding on to that, I want to ask specifically about like just Koreans and Korean Americans and Asian Americans in general. Then do you feel that's the same in the same vein? That's how we can support this movement the best. Like, I mean, what can we do in solidarity that actually makes a difference? Not just put, posting on social media, not just, um, I don't know, signaling, virtue, virtue signaling. Well, we, we talked about this. Yeah, we talked about but not and, on record. Yeah. yeah. So it's, um, I'm truly in the mindset of like, you know, educating yourself mm-hmm. because I'm not going to go put something in my mind that I don't care about. Right. So if I care about something, I'm going to go to the library, I'm going to go to YouTube and do what I have to do to learn about it. So I think that's where it begins, right, is doing that and having these conversations amongst yourselves, mm-hmm. right? Um, we, we talked about the protest that was happening here against anti-blackness um, in America. Like, to me, that was, like, insane because Korea should worry about the anti-blackness in Korea. Like, America doesn't care what's happening there, right? America's not listening to what's happening there. So that's where we need, that's where I feel as Koreans specifically, that's the steps, those are the steps that they need to take is like focusing on how are we a problem 
or how are we um, going to, or, or how are we a part of the solution? Mm-hmm. That doing that and um, donating helps too, and not just donating, but like you know, you don't have to like here's money for this. It's like buying stuff. Like you know, maybe you buy from a bookstore and then you send those books to a school mm-hmm. and you know communities that need it. Mm-hmm. That's, That's like a really good yeah, idea. you really people only put money into things they care about. Right. So. Yeah, money and time into things they money care about. Money and time about. and resources. Because yeah. I guess sometimes if you just donate money, you don't know where it's going to. Yeah. But if you actually like get books and send it to communities or whatever, help build a facility or whatever, yeah. that's actually tangible. What about you, James? Yeah, I feel the same way. I think mm-hmm. it's like, it's all like this, the solution. There's no solution, right? It's mm-hmm. just like, how can you get involved with the community? Mm-hmm. And in terms of like Koreans, you know, being in solidarity with the movement or whatever, it's like, you know, address it here. Like, if you're gonna, like, what you guys are doing is excellent. Like, mm-hmm. if you're gonna host a panel, you know, for education on this kind of thing, like, maybe you should have some diversity in your panel, right? Mm-hmm. Like, not just Koreans talking about black mm-hmm. issues or something like mm-hmm. that. Like, you know, I don't know, incorporate other people in there. Yeah, um, And just get perspective. Like, it's all, it's all dialogue. It's all, that's education. It's like mm-hmm. having a conversation with someone and, like, listening to really educate yourself. Mm-hmm. Listen to what someone has to say and, like, you know, don't listen to respond to what they have right. to say. Like, Absolutely. actually take it in. Yeah. What about Asian Americans in America, though? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, boy. This pandemic thing, you know, when it happened and, you know, I've seen so many of my uh, political Korean American friends. Like, I have this one girl in particular who was, like, on the Andrew Yang camp. Campaign. Oh boy! Yeah, yeah. And she's oh, no. like, she's from New York, and she's like, "Gang, gang." You know that to me was like kind of like a little bit disturbing because we know the moniker like "gang" and how it's used like to affiliate with um people of color, and mm-hmm. it was a negative affiliation. But you now know, it's it, like, yeah, positive. now it's like a positive thing, you know. So I'm just like, first, okay, whatever, you know. And when the coronavirus happened, there was just this outrage like ah oh, um asian xenophobia um asian racism you know like just she was outraged she was like gun hold about it speaking about it and and whatnot you know and for me like i kind of chuckled i'm gonna be honest with you i chuckled because you know historically in america like um asians have been um maybe uh they've been part of this they they've been part of this like uh cog and perpetuating Model and, minority. Yeah, you mm-hmm. know, it's like this. It's like this contract. You know, you come when you come to America, you sign. It's like, hey, you see those black people? You don't want to be them, right? <laughs> Stay away. You don't want to be them, right? <laughs> you can't be us either, but you can get to as close to us as possible. Close to whiteness. Yeah, cl- as close to whiteness. This is the contract we sign, mm-hmm. and if you do these things, <laughs> you'll be good because you're not black. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. So, and in fact. That's that's like um I always tell America perfected racism, you know that's like an evil genius machine that they perfected that they don't even have to do it themselves anymore. It's like now they just hire people from different countries to come in and perpetuate it. And so historically, that's been my relationship with Asian Americans and Asians, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and it's kind of like a it's a mind boggling thing because it's like in our communities. Like the corner stores and the beauty salons and like the Chinese restaurants, they're Asian, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. they, but they're afraid of us and mm-hmm. they perpetuate all this like mm-hmm. um, 
anti-black blackness sentiment mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they don't live there mm-hmm. right and the wealth that they have i think i'm not too sure but like the middle class um i believe asian americans or um make up the highest the higher part of the middle class mm-hmm. yeah so where do they get that money from from our neighborhoods it's just just same as the jews mm-hmm. same as the italians you know everyone they come and get our money um they get their money and their wealth from us but they hate us and they're afraid of us mm-hmm. so when this happened like i feel like it would kind of be like an awakening for asians and asian americans that like like, hey, white, by the way, yeah, you're not white. Yeah, like, white people you know. also yeah. don't like you as well, you know? Yeah. yeah. You're, so I thought, like, okay, maybe this might be a good thing. Mm-hmm. And I always, um, I thought I thought to myself, what if, like, George Floyd happened before the pandemic? Mm-hmm. Like, what what's going on in Korea be happening? Mm-hmm. You know, the Asian solidarity. You know, would that, would that be a thing right now? Mm-hmm. You know, if they recently themselves didn't go through... This kind of, well, obviously not the same thing, but this Mm anti-Asian thing, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I, that's, that's how I feel about it right Mm -hmm. then and there. Mm -hmm. Um, No, we appreciate the honesty. Absolutely. This is what we're here for. So in terms of Asian Americans, we spoke, I think a lot of them are too far gone, you know, in terms of like, they've been conditioned to this, um, as close to white mm-hmm. <laughs> as possible so it's, it's pretty hard for them to like just yeah. to get it yeah and that's true i mean another thing is a lot of asians especially the ones that i know grow up in hyper competitive environments mm-hmm. and they have a lot of pressure on them to the point where it's like they just grow up to be very selfish yeah and it's it's just it's unfortunate because they can't even like care about another asian how are they going to care about black people that they feel so removed from yeah Another thing is that Asians are also generally like, oh, if it's not my business, I'll stay out of it. So they think that this is not their business. And it is. It is their business. But they just they just don't want to admit it or they don't they don't see it. And I agree, like this model model minority myth does perpetuate anti-blackness. And also it stifles a lot of the voices that people might want to use, but um they're afraid that, well, if like if I speak on this, what will my white coworkers think? Like, et cetera, et cetera. So and not everyone's like that, of course. Like I mean, times are changing. There's plenty. There's also lots of friends that I have in the states who are very outspoken. Yeah. So I was actually going to podcast. Uh, not podcast. Going to protests. Yeah. I was gonna ask you about your friends because I remember last time we we released the first part mm-hmm. to this podcast about mm-hmm. um, Black Lives Matter and the mm-hmm. entire racial issue movement and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And your friend actually texted you. Mm-hmm. Regarding which one, the one who deleted their Instagram. Oh right, yeah. right, so right, I'm, right. I'm actually curious, like what, how, how have your friends been reacting to this entire thing? How have they been react, reacting to you and like other Asian Americans being more proactive in voicing their opinions? Regarding oh boy, oh uh, dude, I've had so many difficult conversations during the past three, like two, three weeks. Lots of difficult conversations. So like. A lot, so a lot of my friends, by the way, I have, I love all of you guys. Just, you know, just putting that out there, but I'm not talking shit about you in public. So, <laughs> but I have a lot of, let's say like straight affluent Asian Americans who work in tech, very like, you know, Facebook, Google, earning lots and lots of money. Um, they work on wall street, private equity, hedge funds, et cetera, et cetera. So a lot of those guys are having 
they're just playing mental gymnastics with themselves at this point. They don't really see, we don't see eye to eye on many, many issues. And this might make you laugh, but um, one of my friends uh, was very much in favor for the police. Where it's like, you know, yes, like, of course, George Floyd's death murder was terrible and that cop needs to be charged, etc., etc. But I feel that, I feel like most cops put their lives on the lines to protect us as people. And we, we have to respect that, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, just because you've always had experiences with cops that are positive, that have been protecting you, doesn't mean that it goes for everyone. And then I had to explain, like, you know, a lot of the, like, a lot of the criminal justice laws in America are based around like slave policing laws from the South. Yes. And um, like, just because I've never had anything like that doesn't mean that it doesn't happen. Yeah. Right. So I actually, so this is, this is actually quite a funny story, but I'm bringing it up in a more serious situation because it's, it relates to this. When I was in BC, um, I got caught by BCPD for underage drinking. And I literally, so I ran away from the cops. <laughs> <laughs> I lied about my name. And then I called, and then I called them bro. I was like, oh, like, they're like, who are you drinking with? Oh, I was drinking with white people, man. Like, you guys are fucking crazy. You guys go fucking hard. And then the cops were just laughing. They, they thought it was, they thought it was hilarious. But had I been a black man, they wouldn't have laughed. I'm very, very sure about that. Like, cause I, cause dude, I ran away from the cops. I ran away from them. Yeah, that's a, yeah. yeah you ran away from the cops. I know. <laughs> that's a big yeah. no, I know. And then I lied about my name. Yeah. So like, I already like, you know, Three strikes. I already like was past the count, and then they just thought they just thought I was hilarious because I'm an Asian woman, you know, and I'm very very hyper aware of that fact. So just because my the cops are on my side doesn't mean that they're on someone else's side, and that doesn't justify anything they do, just because they're on my side. Because if they're on my side, but what if I'm on the wrong side, right? Like that's how I feel. I mean, just because you reap the benefits of a system doesn't mean the system is correct. Exactly. Exactly. And I think a lot of people who don't who don't understand what defunding the police means and blah blah blah, they're saying this because they're in a system that benefits them. So why would they want it to change? Why would they want it to change? Right? They believe in the system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They believe, they in, believe the in it. Mm-hmm. That's why it's a perfect machine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like uh, this this thing about like um, America is, you know, we have capitalism, and well, let me just talk about what you said about your friends. I'm in the belief is like your friends sound like people with with brains, Mm -hmm. you know, like there's good and there's bad. Right. Mm -hmm. You don't need to be a rocket scientist to look at something and and think about it and have and, you know, produce your own thought about it Mm -hmm. and then come to a conclusion. And I feel like if you're human, you understand like that's wrong. Like that was wrong. Whether you benefit from it or you don't benefit or whatever it is, it's like you saw it, you had a thought and that's wrong. So for me, it's like fuck up. <laughs> you mm-hmm. can use your brain to mm-hmm. and to deduce this um this this whatever this um conclusion. Mm-hmm. So I've they don't want to. That's mm-hmm. what it comes down to. Is like, do you care? Do you really want to? Mm-hmm. And you say like, and that's why it, it comes back to this thing for me. Like um, I always think like since it's of a mind, right? Uh, me, I think me and James were talking about it. How there's this um rap preacher. And he has this little thing where he says, I forgot, his starts with Eric, Eric Thomas. It's Eric Thomas. And he says, like, um, about success. Like, you know, you have to want success as much as you want to breathe, you mm-hmm. know. And for Pete Brown folks, right, this thing that we're fighting for, mm-hmm. right, it's so constantly in our face. 
right? That we that's that's all we think about when we go for a job interview. You think about it, right? When you step out the house and you wear whatever you wear, you think about it. Like a hoodie. When, yeah, yeah. When you when you pierce your ears and your parents are telling, oh, you can't, pierce, you think about that. When you wear a hat, you think about that, right? But for people who are not directly inf- affected, it's like they don't have to think about that. They don't know the depth that it goes to the the extent that it goes. Like this thing goes, you know. So for them, they can't comprehend it. Right. And if you can't comprehend it, why would you care? You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like if I'm a king, if I'm a if I I don't care about my peasants. I don't I don't I'm looking up. I'm not looking down. Mm-hmm. Think about it. That's what we all do. Everybody's looking up, trying mm-hmm. to go go up up up. But if at, you're at the bottom, you receive all the shit. Mm-hmm. The the people, whoever's shitting down, you receive it all, right? But if you're at the top, top, it's like, no, you're doing the shitting. Mm-hmm. So you don't care about these things that are happening to brown folks, right? Mm-hmm. And you can't fathom it. And because you can't fathom it, it's like a circle, mm-hmm. right? So, and that's why I say, like, um, education comes in, into, into play. Mm-hmm. Like, because if you, now if you educate yourself, then the caring begins, Right. And you might not understand it fully, but you start seeing things and then you start maybe making some decisions Mm -hmm. like maybe, yes, this is wrong and I need to change this. This is what I can do. Mm -hmm. But until that begins, like there's no there's no hope for it. You know, Mm -hmm. that's how I see it as. I think what James said earlier during lunch actually made a lot of sense. Like when you buy that car, you start noticing that car everywhere. Yeah. And like when when he was about to come to Korea, he started noticing Korean things. Yeah. It's the same thing. Like at first you don't notice it and so you don't care. But once someone, like once you start educating yourself, once you start having these discussions, you start seeing it everywhere. And I think that's what's important. Like people need to start seeing it everywhere. And I mean. the matrix. mm -hmm. You have to want to take the pill. Mm -hmm. You you know, this blue pill, red pill. You have to choose. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think, so there's something that Michael and I talked about a lot, but People are always like, oh, like, I can't wait for this virus to be over. I want things to go back to the way it was. And I'm like, there's no going back to the way it was. This is a singularity. This is a singularity. Look, like, there's going to be a new standard of normal. It's not going to go back to the way it was. And that's how I feel about the civil rights movement as well. Like, people are going to be like, oh, like, like, I won't say specific people, but like, I mean, I know that there's a lot of sentiment where it's like, oh, like, you know, I miss the times when we didn't have to talk about this. I miss the times when, like, this wasn't all over social media. Like, I can't wait to go back to when it was. But, like, there's no going back, and it's been happening. No, you were just privileged. So, this is what I say to people. <laughs> like, um, you were privileged enough not to talk about it till now. And now it's in your face, and now you have to deal with it. But this is something that people live. Like, it's, it's, when it comes down to it, it's, it's, so this is what, an issue that I have about, like, um, maybe, like, non, non, non-brown folks, non-black folks. So, like, uh, like, Asian Americans, but also, like, anyone who's just, or anyone, like, white people, like, whatever. Um, a lot of the times they see the civil rights movement as a theoretical argument. They see it, they try to make it very academic. Yeah. They try to intellectualize a lot of stuff. I'm like, dude, that's not the point. Right now, people are living this. This is yeah. about people's lives. It shouldn't be academic. It can't be, in, yeah. it can't be intellectualized. Like, I just, it's, it's affecting people. Why are you trying to justify both parts of the, I, I don't know. Anyways, that's, yeah. That's, that's privilege. a good like, point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's privilege in its finest. Like, you're mm-hmm. so far removed from this reality mm-hmm. that you're just thinking about it. Mm-hmm. And that's all you really have to do. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. but if it happens to you, mm-hmm. you probably don't even know how to respond to it. Mm-hmm. You know, like, mm-hmm. you'd be so shocked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, this is what I was telling Abdul earlier, and I also told Michael this, but I actually, so I quit, I quit smoking for good as soon as Corona hit, because I've, I've had pneumonia before. I had pneumonia before and I knew, I know what it feels like. 
I know like what it feels like to breathe but not taking oxygen. And I had to sit up, sleep. I had to sleep sitting up for two weeks because the fluid would fill my lungs, and I would choke on my, I would choke on myself. Not only that, but when I went to the hospital, I dragged my ass to the hospital for two weeks, getting like an IV for like three hours every day. But everyone else, I was the only young person in the room. Everyone else is old, and this is very grim and morbid to say this, but like that's you can hear the death rattles. Like it's yeah, yeah. It's it was shit was so real. So then as soon as so as soon as COVID nineteen hit, I was like, I am not, I'm not leaving the house. I refuse to smoke. I'm like goodbye clubbing days because I used to go clubbing a lot. Yeah. I was like goodbye to all that shit, and it's and I can take it seriously because I've been personally affected. Yeah. I still have friends who smoke. You know, I mean, I'm not gonna tell them not to smoke, but I'm just like people don't know what it's like to have pneumonia. Wait till you get pneumonia, bitch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like wait until you're choking on your own. Wait <laughs> <Surprise>! till. <laughs> <laughs> Wait till you get pneumonia. Like, wait till you're choking on your own lung fluid. Like, holy shit, that shit's real. And, I mean, it's the same for, I guess, civil rights movement, for racism, oh, for all def- of these. It's definitely the same. You're, you hit it on the nail. I had to <laughs> snap for that. Yeah. Um, but I have a question. Mm-hmm. So, in terms of, like, the, the defunding um, and politics, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, everybody's, like, gun hold about, like, voting and... Mm-hmm. You know, getting people in offices, mm-hmm. you know, do you believe in that? Like, do you generally, genuinely believe in that? Um, it's, it's, it, especially because this is a thing that's not new. You know what I'm talking about? Like, voting mm-hmm. and implementing these policies. Like, we've seen it in history. We've seen the war on um, crime and mm-hmm. poverty and drugs and things like that. Mm-hmm. And we've seen the results. Mm-hmm. Like, so do you think this is just like a kind of a honeymoon period where we're romanticizing about like the future that could be mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying like do you think because you said things will never return to normal in terms of like this mm-hmm. this atmosphere mm-hmm. but we've seen seen this before mm-hmm. you know like so do you think what what do you think is making this different this moment different i think that definitely the panic around the virus mm-hmm has intensified everyone emotion everyone's emotions yes. plus it has it like there are plenty, plenty of asians who like don't care about the civil rights movement right now but there's also plenty of asians who felt the racism and now very much relate to the movement so it's it, i mean it goes both ways there because there are good people there are smart people good people everywhere there's also you know people who don't care there's selfish people everywhere so um i think the pandemic has actually had a huge effect not only that, but because it's been happening and because people have been talking about it for like decades at this point, it's just different because it's the next wave. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a, there's a guy named Steven Pinker and he has a quote that I really like. He said, even though the world will never be perfect, it's not romantic nor naive to try to sure. strive for another, for a, for a better world. And I think that's what it is. Like, I don't know if this is different. I honestly don't know if this is a honeymoon period. There's no way of telling because we're living in it right now. Everything, like hindsight is twenty twenty, So I can't say for sure right now, but I guess um, it feels different for me personally, just because like uh, social media and like, there's just more venues for education and self-education. There's more ways to change. There's more ways to change people's hearts and minds. Yeah. So I think there's that. There, there's that. And I'm older. I'm older. So I'm older. <laughs> I'm older. And, um... 
Noah, I really hate to be the harbinger of bad news, but we are almost at time. Just like final comments, and then I yeah. think we should wrap it up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Abdul, James, do you guys want to have any final comments? <laughs> mm. What to say, James? What do you think we should say? I think I'll start off, actually. Um, like, I, I really like that, you know, how people have, you guys mentioned that all before, like how people have a tendency to push off problems into places they can't see. And if they, they feel like if they ignore it, then the problem will just magically disappear. Mm. And then they suddenly come face to face with it and they don't know what to do. But when you come face to face with an issue, it's usually too late, which is why we need that to have a proactive dialogue. That is so true. Yeah, by the uh, by the time you find out you have cancer, it's yeah. probably too late. Like, so yeah, the reason why I like I've been getting a lot of questions for doing this uh, through Jane from her friends, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. The reason why we're talking about this, the reason why we're trying to be more proactive in the conversation, is because if we're passive about this, things are only going to get worse. Mm-hmm. And we want to be part of the solution, and we want to help build a rosier future. As, as like as small as our role is as like we're like just like a cosmic fleck yeah. we're dust on the spinning rock arbitrarily right but since I'm here since I've been born I might as well try to be better yeah like I think that's the approach that I generally take and look I'm, I, I do want to say that there's so many problems in Korean as a Korean person there's so many problems in this nation alone that I should be caring about so some people are like Jane why the fuck do you care about what's happening in America like why do you care about black people? what about what fix what's happening home at, at home and I'm like, yes, that's true, but also I did grow up in the States and I have friends who are directly affected by this. And whatever dialogue that happens in America is going to affect Korea. Yeah. So I think, I still think it's important. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a big, that's a key thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think is like, people need to understand like, yes, the world, there's a lot of problems in the world, but I truly believe like, um, it stems from, the anti-blackness and the systemic racism in America, you know, mm-hmm. like America is founded on a false sense of history, mm-hmm. right? In a false sense of democracy and capitalism. And I feel like until America can address that, right? All those problems, right? The world won't be healed, you know, because the influence of America is so great globally, mm-hmm. you know, and granted it wasn't always this way. America manufactured this, I think, I don't know if I spoke to you about this, but like this liberal order, UN, and you know, there's troops everywhere, American culture, it's everywhere. So I feel like once America addresses that problem, right? Once this is like, and I don't know how long it'll take, right? America can become what it's supposed to become. Yeah. And then, you know, rest of the nations are like catching up and then maybe the healing can begin. Right. You know, and now you can start thinking about like the earth too and the and other third world country pro- hunger, things like that. But until like oh yeah, it's like yeah, sorry, just to end it, it's like uh how can you um how can you fix the country if the world or the country we're talking about the president if you can't fix your home? Mm-hmm. And that's the same thing. How can you fix the world if you can't fix your country? Mm-hmm. Right. How can you end poverty or world hunger if there, you know, um, people in your own home that are like starving? Mm-hmm. And that's why I think the mindset needs to maybe that's the little bit of change that we're feeling here. It's mm-hmm. like this thing is kind of becoming global. Right. And people may I hope people are starting to look this look at this as like a genocide. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like mm-hmm. like something like a Arab Springs or mm-hmm. Rwandan uh, a genocide or something mm-hmm. like that. And then 
when the whole world gets involved, it's like, maybe that's the key. You know? Yeah, maybe. We don't know. I mean, ultimately, no one has the answers. We're just living. We're just spinning Siri. in this crazy world. Siri has the answers. Siri's has the answers. Yeah, we should ask Siri. No, actually, we should just wait for the robot uprising. Yeah. We should just, like, Apple is great. Yeah. <laughs> All right, thank you so much for joining us. This was really fun and also very informative. Yeah, and, and it was it hot. Yes, it's, now we got to get out of here because we're about to roast. All right, see you next week, guys. Peace. Bye. Peace.